0: The Open Nesters Podcast is a weekly podcast that explores new ways of living as our kids leave the nest. Now in Season 3, the podcast topics go deeper and wider in interviews with individuals, couples, and experts in areas ranging from relationships and families to adventure, spirituality, and sexuality.
1: I'm not sure what exactly motivated me to go and find out uh, Reed and Allison episode episode number 53 uh, that uh, was part of our season 2 episode uh, number 53 interesting for you all to listen to episode 53 in its entirety of course but i believe that uh, what motivated me to actually go and listen to it is the fact that i felt that my kink experience have expanded and changed and i wanted to hear what they had to say again, and what were my responses at that time. And I'll tell you, I, I was surprised, first of all, to listen to it. There's so much great information in that particular episode. For those who are interested in kink, and uh, I should warn you that, uh, as uh, Alison and uh, Reed says, episode number 53 is certainly X-rated and should be uh, handled with care and uh, censorship. So what exactly Reed and Allison teach? Here is a clip from uh, episode fifty-three that describing that exactly.
2: Uh, it's the Bonobo Network, which is a sex-positive community. But I was—I was, I was going to say, uh, folks, if you're listening and there are kids in the room, you might want to send them out right now. <laughs> so we were—we were teaching at this weekend retreat of a community, a sex-positive community that's very pleasure-based. A lot of people there are consensually non-monogamous, and so. Allison, what did we teach?
0: So I taught a pegging workshop, and Reed was my demo for that. Yeah. And then we co-taught our Slut Slut Light class, yeah. which is a, really about kind of different s- disparate sexual self-expressions in relationships. So Reed is very much extroverted, very much identifies as a slut. I am very introverted and, de- and identifies as a slut light. And so how we manage our openness and our relationship and our polyamory in the, the, while navigating the disparate sexual self-expressions that we share in relationship.
1: Well, it's certainly a workshop that I would have loved to attend understanding the relationship dynamics. I think I've uh, expressed myself as a late bloomer in one of our recent episodes, and I am a late bloomer, and I came to understand my sexuality and kink, and I realized that I'm actually a work in progress, as they say. I have uh, reached a point where I think, yeah, that's what I like. I like this. I like what I'm doing right now. But then again, I get exposed to something else, which I'm curious about. And it's an ever-changing, evolving type of a state of mind that you're on, uh, discovering and rediscovering and deconstructing your beliefs, uh, boundaries, and taboos. What used to be taboo a couple years ago may not be taboo today. For example, a few years back, I was very much turned on uh, by uh, pegging. If you don't know what pegging is all about, then uh, I'm not going to try to explain it to you. I'm going to give you, Alison, a clip from episode 53 to explain what is pegging.
0: True, It's a kind of a heteronormative concept, so I want to acknowledge that first. But it's generally when a woman puts on a strap on and penetrates a man anally um and again like that those definitions of gender are very much up for grabs but that's kind of the traditional if you google it that's what you're going to see um and so for for me it was always important part of my sexuality like strap-on sex was always part of my sexuality and um when i met reed i was identifying as a lesbian and so for me it felt a little bit nerve-wracking to start having feelings for a cis man and i didn't quite know how to how to deal with that. And quickly, quite quickly in our relationship, it became clear that, I mean, I knew that Reed was queer. And so we were able to kind of think through and talk about different kinds of sex that we wanted to experience together. Um, And pegging was kind of the first thing we did together in some ways and I, I really appreciated that because to me it indicated that this was a cis man unlike any cis man I'd ever been with before. He was a man who was interested in being receptive and he was a man who was found it very arousing and exciting when I put on a strap on and when I was in a very dominant and top mode and to me that, that meant that he could see me in my fullness of my gender expression and my sexuality and that's what really ultimately what made me fall deeper in love with him was that I could see that he could see me in a way that I hadn't felt seen by
1: cis men before. That explains it. But being very open, I can tell you that the first time I saw the video titled Girls That Love to Bang Boys, I was very much aroused. I looked at it and I kind of like said, why am I so aroused by it? And I think part of it was that it was very, very new and I was very curious of what that happening. And I uh, kind of related and connected uh being pegged as part of being very submissive and i think that somewhere deep down in my soul i felt like i want to be submissive i want to experience that it was very arousing to me but then came the self-doubt of should i really feel aroused by this am i really allowed to am i really gay because of uh, or queer because i'm thinking about this kind of thoughts and uh Why am I thinking of those kind of thoughts? And you never thought about being submissive. You never thought about being pegged. And I kind of even, I think, I even kept it a secret from Tessa. Did not tell her any of that stuff because simply I was somewhat embarrassed. And listening again to uh, Reed, I realized that one does not have to feel one thing or another. Uh, Personally, I think that we have a little bit of a sub and a little bit of a dome. And each of us, each of and every one of us, is a, is a switch, so to speak. And just because I may be aroused by it doesn't mean that I'm one thing or another. It just means that I'm just open up to more pleasure. I'm certain that during the open-nesting stage, Act 3, whether you're in your late 50s, early 60s, kids have left the home... Maybe some men are more open to more pleasures and more sexually curious, and I'm sure that there are many that are more into uh, hanging around with their buddies, doing some sport activities, etc., playing golf, uh, meeting for dinners with their buddies, and not really looking for more pleasure from the sexual standpoint of it. But regardless of that. I am trying to explain to the late bloomers that uh, become open to sexuality late in life that it's okay to explore, that it's okay to uh, experience, and it's okay to uh, define your uh, likes and dislikes at this stage of life. And uh, honestly, one activity does not dictate your orientation. As Reed uh, said that many times during the episode, pleasure Is pleasure. Alison articulated the aging and the experiences in late in life, whether you're a late bloomer or in the open nesting stage, very well. Here it is.
0: And I think one of the beautiful things about I mean, should we all be so lucky as to age, right? And that is a a privilege denied to many. Those of us who are able to get to a place where we are finding new things about our sexuality and how our bodies change and how pleasure changes through us, particularly those of us who are, you know, have uteruses, like our hormones shift so dramatically throughout our lives that we might not only find that we desire things differently, but pleasure feels different. Different things feel different to our bodies as we get older. And I think to be in a partnership with someone who has grace and accepting of that, to be able to have a certain flexibility and to be able to reintroduce a beginner's mind throughout a relationship is a beautiful thing. To be able to say, like, listen, I am 55 years old now, and the way you used to eat me out isn't working for me anymore. Let's come up with something new. And to be able to have the trust to receive that and to share that with a partner is incredibly necessary to foster a healthy sex life throughout
1: one's life. I can say that Tessa and I partnership has grace and it also has an openness and transparency, a lot of trust and acceptance. We are willing to explore together and provide each other with the freedom to explore independently. That is the reason that we are able to develop poly relationship and it also take a personal deconstruction And I evolved for many reasons, perhaps uh, meeting new people, being with new partners, and developing my poly relationship. I can tell you that I'm not so much aroused anymore with pegging. Uh, Deep down inside, I'm a lot more dominant than submissive. I guess I went through the process of deconstructions, which is, in other words, Taking a look at yourself, understanding why you feel certain ways and taking it apart, taking it apart to its elements and to all of its components and reassembled it and understanding and having a better, clearer idea of who you are. This may sound very theoretical, isn't it? Tessa and I had to kind of deconstruct monogamy. We had to communicate a lot openly and frequently about our belief system, about our trust, about our long-term goals, and about our dreams together. Realizing ultimately that it's okay for us to develop deep emotional connection to others without having to be threatened by it. That process gave us an understanding who we are together and each independently, and ultimately eliminating the notion that other relationship may threaten our primary relationship and our love. We also had to deal with judgment. Our way of life may not be acceptable uh, to many others. So we had to deal with that in some fashion. Realizing that we know what's good for us, and what's good for us works for us, and we never impose it on others. You see, desire change. As we age, we get to explore more pleasures, which open us to some other kinks. I now truly enjoy the DNS dynamics, uh, where I can get somebody to totally into a subspace uh, where they are totally lost in submission. That power exchange is is a real turn-on for me. But I have to admit, I have the same fears of aging as Reed says, so articulate in the episode.
2: And then there's also the ticking clock of like, how much more time do I actually have left to explore? Like, like for me, it's like, it's weird, but it's like, how many more orgies do I get to go to before my penis goes completely offline? (laughs) But the, but the chat, the difference is I can catch myself doing that to myself. And on a good day, I can pause and be like, "All right, I need to walk back out of this hole that I'm digging for myself," and then I can talk to Allison or talk to my friends or I can go up to a therapist. Like therapy is really great, folks. Don't don't knock it till you try it. And and I can try to untangle what I'm doing to myself that's actually not useful, mm. without shaming I mean- myself for doing it in the first place.
1: I grappled with that for a while. Aging and how long I'll be able to keep it up and continue to enjoy these pleasures. And Reed's and Allison episode really helped me uh, deal with that. The idea is that I'm going to continue to explore, continue to expand my horizon, continue to find more pleasures that uh, will ultimately turn me on. Some may be kinky, uh, some may be not. Kink is, uh, is a very relative uh, word. For some, just watching porn and uh, hiding it from the spouse feel very kinky. For others, thinking about a threesome may be a kink. Some women may feel very kinky by having a desire to be with a woman or kiss a woman. When I thought about pegging, I thought it's very kinky at the time. Not anymore. So kink is a very relative thing. As we age and we explore more, we find other pleasures. Maybe those will be kinky, and ultimately, as Reed says, we may come back at a full circle uh, that kink become monogamy, and vanilla sex is the ultimate kink. So one uh, should not be afraid to explore. And my recommendation is you should not be afraid to explore, especially as you enter the open-nesting stage, and especially as you age. Uh, You will find more opportunities to expend your pleasures and horizon. The world is a big, big schmorkesburg of uh, delights, and you can feast on those scrumptious, delicious pleasures read summarize it so beautifully on the episode
2: however old you are that you're even listening to a podcast like this or reading a book or curious about something you know maybe you're sneaking onto a website and you're and you're nervous like that you're even looking and and searching and being curious that that's part of what's missing from so many people's lives and that it really is it sounds so cliche but it's like never too late to start and it's also n- normal and natural to have grief come up and be like how come I didn't start this sooner mm-hmm. i think for some of us like the conversations i'll have with people whether i'm you know doing coaching with them or they're coming to a workshop or something is they're like how come i didn't you know how come i didn't come to this retreat sooner like i feel like i wasted half my life and i'm like well honor honor that feeling and then Get back in there, like, we don't have children. If any of you listening, if you actually raise them and, they, and you kept them alive this long and they left the house, that is such a fucking huge, heroic, super <laughs> hero feat. Congratulations, you earned it. Now go have some fun.
1: So what is it really about? It's about really being comfortable in your own skin. Know exactly who you are, what you like, and how to articulate it. Try to isolate yourself from judgment. Have solid relationships that are based on transparency and trust. Whether you consider yourself very kinky or just curious about it, or maybe you're a monogamous that have uh, still enjoy vanilla sex, or maybe you haven't had sex for a few years and... It's not one of your priorities or one of those things that give you pleasure. Be curious. Please, please be curious. Trust yourself, stay vital, and explore. Please visit our website theopennesters.com double n the middle S at the end and subscribe to our podcast on any of your favorite uh, platforms. And hell, listen to... Read and Allison episode episode fifty three to get the full impact of their wisdom. Till next time, this is Amir, and we will see you on the next episode. You have been listening to the Open Nesters podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing and Media. Executive producer Tessa Crone. Music. By Yoni Avi Patat, Audio engineering by Lucid Sound. Web design and blogs, PJ Ewing. This podcast is
0: available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be
1: a
2: guest on our podcast, email Tessa at theopennesters.com.